0: This is the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.
1: the Blood Red Podcast, courtesy of the Liverpool Echo. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome along. A derby like no other. Liverpool red hot. The Toffees stuck in a battle to survive. We'll preview the action her over Thiago Alcantara, as well as bring you our match predictions and team selector ahead of the Merseyside derby. To do all of that, we have our Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, to Paul Gorst, the chief, Ian Doyle, and the face that runs the place, Joe Rimmer. Gents, I trust you're all well. And, uh, well, Gorst, I'll throw over to you first. Liverpool 4, Manchester United 0. Discuss. Um, Do you
2: know what? On Tuesday morning, I was thinking the general optimism amongst Liverpool fans seems to be so high and so obvious that Liverpool are going to tear shreds off United later that night, that it was almost becoming worrying that it was, you know, the obvious story to be written was was going to be a banana skin and Liverpool were going to come a cropper. Um, and I think that for Liverpool supporters, particularly of a certain age, probably a unique feeling, isn't it, going into a game against United where you're that convinced that Liverpool are going to absolutely hammer them, that you're worried that it's all a bit too obvious. Um, Even in Liverpool's dark days of, say, early 90s, mid-90s, they were never anywhere near as feeble and complicit as United were on Tuesday night at Anfield, and of course they're playing a team who you could write the claim of the best in the world at the moment alongside Manchester City. But United, absolutely no character, no fight, um, spans really. And everything that Gary Neville was saying on commentary was, was spot on. Um, from Liverpool's perspective, as soon as they, they went down the right inside five minutes and Salah laid it on a plate for Diaz, you never thought that Liverpool weren't going to do anything other than um, record a convincing win. Um and I think two and a half time flattered United massively because that was probably with the first half of Old Trafford the best Liverpool played all season. Some of the some of the things they were doing were outrageous. Thiago, I'm sure we'll come to him at some point. Managed pass for salas goal. Um, Diaz, just just everyone was absolutely flying, and um, it was a, a special night. It was probably the best atmosphere in Anfield this season, and. Um, you're always probably going to get that with a night game, on you? Particularly against United. So um, I think Villarreal will be another similar type of atmosphere and, and that will obviously only help. So, yeah, um, it's a terrible, awful, as I say, spineless collection of players that United have got and they've got some work to do before they get it anywhere near back to Liverpool and City's level. So all Liverpool can do is make sure they take advantage and you certainly did that on uh, Tuesday night.
1: Uh, Doyley, was it United were terrible, or as your player ratings suggest, Liverpool were absolutely sublime? Even a 10 got handed out?
3: They did, yeah, the Thiago. I got asked after how many 10s you, had You given out, and couldn't remember all of them, but there was two for Salah this season alone. There was one for Jota last year at Atalanta. Um, Trent and Alden got one against Barcelona, 4-0. Trent got against... one at Leicester,
2: the knee box, did day
3: Trent got one at Leicester, yeah. And I think I gave Sturridge one for his equaliser at Chelsea about three and a half, nearly four years ago because he'd literally touched the ball once and scored from about 50 yards. So I thought that was fair enough. Yeah, United aren't very good, are they? In fact, they're, they're probably, insert words, that would involve us having to not broadcast this to the Middle East countries, if we're being honest. They, um, you know, we, we've we've said this. It seems to be like every, every year we go, well, they can't possibly be this bad. And then you see them playing, it's like, oh, They are, and it's been like that for a while. For a while now, I know, guy, that you were pretty insistent that United were absolutely hopeless, and you said that you fully expect Arsenal to finish above them. And Arsenal went and beat Chelsea four-two, so you know, so it looks like that could that could easily happen. But you've got to finish above Tottenham as well, guy. So that might be a bit more tricky. Anyway, uh, going back to Liverpool yet? I think Liverpool played very well first half. Probably the first half. I've, I've seen some people say that the first half was reminiscent to when they played Forrester on 5-0. A slight difference there is that Notts Forrester were actually really good rather than absolutely hopeless like, like United are. That said, that shouldn't take away from the standard of, of the performance from so many Liverpool players. And I think Gorsi's right. I think 2-0 flattered United at half-time. I think 4-0 was fair enough in the end. United did have about 15 minutes, didn't he, at the start of the second half when they decided to have an attack when Sancho came on but. You know, Alisson made what was that? That double save. And then a couple of minutes later, Liverpool made it three, and that was the end of the game. And it, it is strange just to think just how far United have fallen. Because as Kenneth Gourcy said, when Liverpool were absolutely rubbish during the the nineties, they always gave United a game. They didn't always win. And there was one game where they got beat 4-0 at Old Trafford, but yeah, Sammy Hippier got sent off after about three minutes. So you know, United didn't even didn't even have the excuse of a player being sent off although you know, a play did walk-off after about six minutes, didn't he? Pogba, you know, as far as we're away, he's never going to play for them ever again. So that kind of, that's the difference, isn't it, between the two clubs? They've got players who are just going off and never turning up ever again, whereas the football players are all desperate to be involved. And I think that's going to be the case between now and the next, what, next six, well, hopefully six weeks when they uh, finish the season, hopefully the Champions League final. So you no know, overall, what could have been a bit of a banana skin the minute the first goal goes in, that was kind of it. There was no way United were coming back, even if they did have that little spell. And Liverpool just, you know, while you, while you would expect next season, Liverpool, uh, sorry, United to be better. Obviously, they've, they've announced uh, the new manager today, whose name I've forgotten, Ten Hag, is it? The, the, yeah. lad, the guy from Ajax, yeah. he uh, And he's going to be bringing one or two people over. You'd think he'd they'd sign some new players as well. They can't possibly be as bad. You know, what was it? 5-0 at Old Trafford, 4-0 at Anfield. Imagine if that had been the other way around. Can you imagine what Liverpool fans, what state Liverpool fans would be at now? They'd be like, sack everybody. You know, the whole of the internet would just go into meltdown, just like, you know, bringing all the under twelve under twelves to play or some some nonsense like that, which I suspect is what some United fans are doing. So, you know, but as I said, that's not Liverpool's concern. They played United, they'll beat them, move on to the next one, and then worry about them next season when they're up against them again.
1: Yeah, definitely. Joe, I mean, a 9-0 aggregate win over the two league fixtures over Manchester United, a Carabao Cup already in the bag, an FA Cup final, Champions League semi-final, a title race that there's just one point in it. I mean, football doesn't get better than this season, does it, for Liverpool?
0: It does if they, they win all those things that you just mentioned. Um, then it gets a hell of a lot better. So, I mean, it's been it's been a brilliant season. These last couple of months have just been thoroughly enjoyable Liverpool fans should just drink it in because it doesn't come better than this does it you know every game seems to be big every game Liverpool seems to show up in I thought the first half of the night I thought he was saying they were just absolutely awesome Um, Thiago I think certainly in the first half gave one of the best midfield performances I can remember I thought he was his, his forward passing was just out of this world, well. and then and you can say the same about Saturday. Just gone as well with the um, the FA Cup semi final. I thought first first half they just blew City away. They played at aggression, they played at poise, skill, everything you name it. They, they were they were brilliant. So I mean, it really doesn't get much better. And I think you know we spoke was it a month or so ago about people taking the, the Mick out Liverpool fans or I mean, even some of us for for talking about the quadruple, but. Again, I, you know, I'll I'll say what I said then. You know, I think that positivity from from fans serves Liverpool well, and it's a good place to be. It's a good place for those players to play. Anfield is a good place um, for for the club, and, and and not such a good place for their their opponents. And that is because I think the fans believe that they can go and win all these competitions. So, you know, I think positivity has served the club well. Um, you know, people were right to shout about the quadruple because. You know, whether they do it or not, it's certainly on, and it's certainly there to be you know, there to be won for Liverpool. So, um, so it's great. Um, one thing I will disagree with 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 Ghost I, I thought Neville, and I like Neville. Don't get me wrong, but I think he's such a bloody baby. Like, no, I he was let's, not, as well. let's not forget this guy was tipping United to win the title <laughs> last August. He was got as soon as they signed Ronaldo. They were talking. And uh, uh, one thing that does frustrate me is last year. Last summer they were talking about as if Liverpool were finished on the clock and because they had a bad season. You know that United had passed them by, and Ronaldo was this cherry on top for them. And I think anyone with with any sense, I'm certainly, I'm certain that, that all three of you, and and I'm certain that most people I speak to knew full well that Liverpool would be back in a big way because they they missed such important players last year. You just couldn't count it, and to to recover the way they did and finish third, I thought it was was really impressive and I never ever thought that United would finish the bottom this year and I think last season was a massive and over the cracks exercise for United against teams that were slightly weaker or or in a bit of a mess, they weren't playing in front of crowds and the likes of Neville, you know, the, I thought he was totally, I mean he admitted it in the afterwards, but unprofessional commentary, he just we basically spent the, the entire 90 minutes crying it in about how bad United were and, and saying this team's a waste of space and these players, you know, let's, let's not forget that a year ago he was lauding the likes of Rashford, people like that. So I think it's slightly silly. You know, at the end of the day, the players are struggling, yeah, they're, but they're a team and a club that's lost because they've been mismanaged for years and, you know, they've got no identity. And Ralph Rangnick's just made things worse, hasn't he? You know, that... Why would you play Phil Jones for the second time? I, I,
3: I, I think guess, he's been great, actually, for them, because he's basically just, the more the longer it goes on or the nearer he gets to his finishing, he's basically just saying, yeah, we're all absolutely yeah. rubbish. Yeah, we absolutely yeah. rubbish. We need to do this, that and the other, because he knows he's not going to be in charge anyway. So yeah. the players don't like him. But, you know, without wishing, I must I reckon I say this every single time I want, without wishing to turn this into a Manchester United podcast, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the thing with them is that they, they the you know, you see the stories of the players aren't happy with the manager being a but It's like who cares what you think? Yeah, that's yeah. the difference. And it underlines why at Liverpool with Jurgen Klopp, I'm pretty sure not all the players absolutely love him because you know that's in. That's impossible. Like, Joe, I reckon that not everybody who works under you absolutely loves you to the same I'm degree not sure as about that. Same, same, office, Sam Carroll does. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, with Liverpool, though, they're all on the same page and they're all working t- together towards the same goal. And it's something that Trent said, he actually said this about, what game was it before? I think it was before the Inter Milan game, he said. I like this part of the season now because this is where things start getting interesting. And you can see with Liverpool, they've got such experience of getting, you know, through to. Whether it's playing for a Champions League place, playing a Champions League fan, going for the league, under, under Klopp, all, every single season's had something riding on at the, at the end. And then this is where their experience tells, which to be first, City have got that as well and Chelsea, which is what a surprise. But it's those three teams who are the ones who are going to be there at the end, whereas United are still falling away and it's going to take them a while to, to get back to the uh, the level that they want
0: to be at. What we can all take from that, by the way, is Ian Doyle has just compared me to Jürgen Klopp. So, yeah, that's They're what up. I take you that. You've got the same mm-hmm. hairline? He says, oh, well, yeah. to be fair, he's had a transplant, so I'm doing well. <laughs> I, I'm not getting involved in that company. Yeah, yeah. That's why I come on the pod with you two.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um Bradley Murphy's got in touch. We are live on Facebook and YouTube today as we are recording. He says, I'd like to know Trent's defending against United was top shelf, especially with many saying he can't defend. If you want to get your comments in, get away in the chat box. Does, does he need top to...
3: draw rather than top shelf? Because in my mind, top shelf means something completely different.
1: Yeah, I think he, yeah, no, I think <laughs> let,
3: let's
1: not, let's not
0: bash the, the, the listeners and viewers. I'm,
3: not, me, I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm involving them in the conversation, I'm involving them in the conversation. Right.
0: Yeah, I think Bradley fair, he's, he's, Bradley's spot on. No, again, know, to I, point, I was yeah. chatting to my dad after the game of the other night. It, just, it annoys me that, that there's any questions over Trent's defending. What, why does anyone think that, you know, I, I think this, this myth that he can't defend is crazy. You know, he, he was brilliant of the night and yeah, spot on, Bradley.
1: The Blood Red Podcast
2: from the Liverpool Echo
0: course, they want to talk about
1: Liverpool? Let's get it away from, from Manchester United. Full focus on Liverpool and the Reds and how well they, they did play. I mean, I've seen a number of people on, on social media talking about that that Nottingham Forest game from yesteryear, Leicester City, of course, Boxing Day of the title-winning season. Was that that performance that should Liverpool go, and, uh, go on and, and win this Premier League title? You look at that as the jewel in the crown of not only 5-0 at Old Trafford, but the manner, the dismantling of them. At Anfield as well, certainly just in, in the mold that that this Liverpool team we've just come to I suppose be enamored with 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 how they, they go about things on the Open Club.
2: Yeah, possibly. But I think what, what might have what might even be a more um you know, a bigger indicator of that was the FA Cup semi-final. I just think the manner in which they dispatched City gave them the energy to to push on. Uh, what struck me the the other night was how fresh Liverpool looked. You know, this is a game number fifty two or three of the season I think and, and they're still looking ahead to a potential nine or ten more and they, they look they're looking as though they're, they're just flying out the traps in August there's, there's no one who's looking a little bit leggy who looks like he needs a rest you know I think Klopp has just managed the options superbly actually in recent weeks he made seven changes against Benfica he made seven more against City and he's just kind of juggling the, the options and, and that's crazy. He has got quite a, a selection of players to choose from, hasn't he, with no real injuries, which is a bit of a rarity for Liverpool. Um, but uh, if you're talking Premier League fixtures, then, yeah, I think you can look at this game against Manchester United in late April and the win of 4-0 as the potential one that gives them the impetus to go and finish the season as strongly as they can. Um, we'll only know that when the, the final whistle blows, of course. But from here on in, you're looking at anything and I mean I think Frank Lampard said it in his press conference before, um, you know, the pool of the, the form side in the Premier League and, and there's no getting away from it. And I think everyone would, would agree with that, wouldn't he? Even Manchester City, who've had a little few stumbles um over the last two or three months, Liverpool since that Chelsea game. Um not even sure they haven't, they haven't dropped the points after since since that Chelsea draw. Um City, City, the draw. City, City, yeah, yes, yeah the, the two two draw. But, I mean, as Klopp said, you can kind of make the allowance for that one because it's you know kept them in contention, hasn't it? So yeah, I mean, maybe we we will look back at Tuesday night as the kind of catalyst for the for the running. Um, but yeah, I just think they're absolutely flying at the moment, and. Not looking at all like they've played nearly fifty-five games, uh, and just going back to Joe's point there about Liverpool last season, I think I, I think sometimes with us we we cover it, you know, every cough and spit, don't we, in, in such great minute detail. But I think if you don't follow Liverpool as closely as we do and as the supporters do, I think there's a general perception last season that Liverpool only had Van Dijk missing, and it was oh well your season crumbled because you didn't have your best centre-back, but Mata was out going. Mata played the most out of the three centre-backs and he didn't make 10 Premier League appearances. Um, they were finishing the season with Rhys Williams, who'd been on loan at Kidderminster. I mean, Jordan Henderson was out from February. His season was over, you know, 10 minutes into the derby when he started as a centre-back. Jota was out for three months. Thiago was out for three months. At one point, I think they had 11 or 12 injured. I seem to remember that in a Champions League game against Ajax. So, um what Liverpool managed to achieve last season was actually you know, a really Im- impressive feat, given the obstacles that were thrown in the path. Um, and I, I, I do think, looking at it, you were thinking, once Liverpool get everyone back, get Canarte in at centre-back, they've now kind of sorted every issue that they had last season. Everyone's fit again. And I don't think there was any real concern that United were, were going to finish above Liverpool was there. I mean, we you know Neville was saying one or two things about Liverpool don't look the same and this, that and the other, but you know, easy to look back with hindsight, but that was that was nonsense, wasn't it, looking back at it now?
1: Yeah, no, most definitely. And Jurgen Klopp referenced it in his press conference today, Dorley, in terms of that run in from last season and I suppose the muscle memory his side have now built up and the way in, in last year for trying to reach that Champions League, which at the time, probably, and, and Jurgen Klopp admitted as much that he was even looking at Europa Conference League scheduling as to, to if Liverpool had fallen into that. The job they had to do at the end of last season to carry themselves to finish in the top three, as they did in the end, is, is probably a bigger ask than what they have to, to get past the, the point difference to Man City this season. Yet... In a player like Tiago, they have a guy who, this stage of the season, I suppose it's it's kind of like boxers in it, championship rounds, come to the fore when needed most. And it's exactly where Tiago is finding himself right now.
3: Yeah, well, we said last season, well, I said it anyway, that I thought that if Liverpool finished in the top four, do couldn't forget they finished third, actually. Yeah, they finished third. Yeah, so they finished in the top four. I thought it would be a better achievement than even reaching the Champions League final in 2018. So, and weirdly enough, Klopp kind of said that himself after it had been achieved. So... That does underline that fact. And also, I think what people were forgetting over the summer is the amount of times a team takes the momentum from the end of one season to the next. Liverpool had had such a bad time. Well, I would say bad time. It was relatively bad. They weren't exactly fighting against relegation-worthy and all this. They were always in and around, near to the top four. That's why they had the chance in the end. So they took that in. And as the lads have said, all all the players were back. So surely by definition they're gonna be. They only lost Juan aldo didn't they really in terms of a big name over the summer and they they, they you know, basically they let him go, didn't they? And without wishing to, you know, go back on, on things we've said a million times earlier in the season, you can see what's happened with Juan Aldo, it's not quite worked out with him and with Thiago. It's it's worked out very well actually. And he's not played as many games as you'd have wanted him to in the in the Premier League, but then that could, the same could be said for most of the midfielders, with the exception, funnily enough, of Fabinho and, and Jordan Henderson. Jordan Henderson's played more Premier League games than any of the other midfielders. I think there's only Alisson and Salah, who's played more times So in, in the Premier League, that is. So in that sense, that's not changed. But he, of course, he said he was missing for three or four months last season towards the end. So I do think that the likes of Gary Neville... To me, I don't blame, I haven't actually heard all the commentary, obviously, because it was at the game. But I've heard bits and bobs and people saying he was a little bit childish. But he's a fan, isn't he? He doesn't want to see United lose to, to Liverpool and, and give up in that way. So I don't blame him for that. And the fact that he's come out afterwards and said, look, in retrospect, possibly a little bit, uh, got a bit carried away there. That's just what happens. And I think it could be the other way around for Liverpool. You know, I'm pretty sure, you know, as Joe said before, Liverpool fans early in the season were getting, not criticised, but kind of teased for like, oh, you're getting carried away again. but that's been justified because what's changed over the past four or five years is that in the past were, say, what was, was it 16, 17, where they were top after about seven games, they beat Watford 6-1 yeah. or something like yeah. that. And they had the, the banner or whatever it was, you know, and then obviously within about six weeks, they were down into third. And they had absolutely no chance of winning it. But, that came from just you know a bit of hope. This is different. This is actually realistic ambition because they've seen this team win the Champions League, win the Club World Cup, win the Premier League. They've just seen this one already win the League Cup this season, so they know exactly what this team can do, what's needed, and they're just enjoying it. And it, what was interesting for me is that after the game on Tuesday, um, a couple of Liverpool players were asked. In fact, in fact, it was uh, Trent got asked it after the the cup fi- uh, cup semi final at Wembley. You know what how do you feel are you enjoy this and they both all went well how can you not enjoy this you no know, we've liverpool have never been in this position before we could still win all four trophies the player speaking by the way we can still win all four trophies so may as well make the most of it because we might not ever be in this position ever again you know they are used to compete for trophies but not all at the same time and you know it's like like klopp said and funny enough we've said this with Dorsey speaking you know privately that we're, we take it one game at a time now. It's like, oh, who's next? Right, you go Everton. You don't think like, oh, and then the game after that's a Champions League semi-final. It's like, well, we'll deal with that when we, 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 we come up to it. We've got this Everton game first. And then we've got that. Then we got Newcastle, you know. So it's just one game after the next. Whereas five or six years ago, I think Klopp said it today, didn't he? He said, normally with a you the the derby. You know, derby, you've got the whole week. But because Liverpool are playing so many games and big games at that, it's like, oh, it's Friday. And we can start thinking about the derby now. And it's in two days. And to a certain extent, it's the same for Everton because they've got a completely different set of ambitions that they're kinda of concerned about. So I'm sure we'll get onto the derby itself in a minute, but it's probably the biggest derby in terms of what it means for both clubs. So much riding on it since about when? Two thousand and five? The game where about seventeen players got sent off or, or went off at the end. Liverpool won two one, wasn't it? Yeah, so. yeah
1: both, but but at that time they were both vying for the same goal, weren't they? Whereas this time it's yeah, it's, yeah, totally yeah, you're right. But you're, you're, that. It's,
3: you're it's, right, but it's still who who's you could argue who's got the greatest need for these points. You could yeah. argue Everton. You could easily argue Everton because even if Liverpool finish second, it's like oh, it's still the FA Cup and whatever, have you? Look, Everton go down, completely transform a club and not in a good way. So that's probably where the fun thing comes into it. I think Liverpool players know that. If it doesn't happen, they've already achieved a certain amount. And while it will yeah. obviously be very bad that if they don't win stuff, it's still it's not quite as I'm trying to say in 2016, 17, where, oh, we've messed it up again. This is yeah. different.
2: But then yeah. that's why, sorry, Guy, that's why I don't think there's actually that much pressure on Liverpool. Because if they, if they don't win the quadruple, then they just join every other team ever who's never won the quadruple. Um, there shouldn't be any real pressure on it. It's it's to be enjoyed. And if they don't win it all, they might win the Champions League. They could possibly still win the Premier League. they the final of the FA Cup. So um, it's not a case of enduring these games. It's just a case of... Um, Enjoying them,
1: taking them all. Yeah, yeah. yeah, nice to enjoy it's it. And just it, it? End we, do, we, not, do
2: we know, I'm, Joe, do
3: we know anybody who just can't get it round about You have to explain just how difficult it is for a, to be a fan in a title. You know, you don't understand what it's like to be a fan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do we
1: know anybody <laughs> like that? No, see, see, this is the thing I was going to come on to. I'm, I'm not a Liverpool fan. As you well know, Dooley, you love to, you love to mention it. But I, I find it absolutely fascinating this season that Liverpool genuinely can do something I only thought was confined to the realms of computer games and can actually make it reality and take this on and do it and not only achieve this, but do it in a manner, Joe, that is just absolutely incredible. I mean, again, I find this job all-encompassing and absolutely love it. I mean, I was walking the dog the other day thinking about it and thinking to myself, for me, the Barcelona team of 2011 is the pin-up greatest team I've ever seen. But now I'm having second doubts thinking... No, I think this Liverpool team, it's because they've got absolutely everything. And even the way in which they're playing. I I couldn't watch the game on Tuesday night either. I was up to other things. But I found the full match replay on Sky for a team I don't even support to watch the full thing back. And Mane's pass for Salah's first goal is absolutely incredible. And I mean, just just this team and what they're doing. I, I am speechless and not often I am, Joe. But as I say, I... I can't think of many sides who rank above what what Jurgen Klopp has transformed and created at Liverpool.
0: The... Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, and it's not—it ju- wasn't just Mane's pass, was it? I mean, Dolly, you did your whole analysis on that twenty-five pass move, and it was just—it was just incredible football, and, and Liverpool just seemed to be operating at that peak level. But it, but this is—you know it, it these things don't happen overnight, do they? And, and what? You know, again, it kind of goes back to them. But if you look at everything that's wrong with United, everything that's right with Liverpool is is five years of careful planning, meticulous uh, recruitment, of, of 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 backing of the manager, of of having fans believe in what he's doing, and giving and being patient at times, even when you know you're frustrated. And, so if, you, if you look at the whole the transfer market the, the best thing they ever show is restraint isn't it and, and it annoys people and it upsets people but every year you know we we, we have the same thing every summer where people kick off because they don't sign three or four players and they they just sign one and and now you're seeing you're seeing the results of all that you know I think I mean I, I agree with you I think that Barcelona side of, of 2011 I mean I don't. I don't know what. What did they win in Spain? Did they win everything there was to win in Spain?
1: 2009, they won a treble. Yeah. In yeah. 2011, I don't know yeah. if that was the year Rail picked them to, to the league or not. But yeah, yeah. Both They, they, they have
0: both have have got. The of United, yeah. don't
1: they?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But, but it, it, you know, it, it is incredibly fun to watch. Like, I don't think we can have that discussion until post season and whether they've done this quadruple or not. But look, just in, in a basic way. What I wanted Liverpool to do this season was win a few more trophies. I mean Carragher said it earlier in the year. I think both of you guys have said it. You know, I think we all agree that I just don't want the Klopp era to end with one league and one Champions League. And I know the Club World Cup, but you know, of the four sort of main trophies that you compete for every year, and, and that sounds perhaps that sounds slightly entitled, but Klopp has been such a good manager and Liverpool have had such a good time that you just want a few more pots to show for it. You want a few more, you know, you want to take that. Trophy wall at Anfield, you want to take those tallies up a little bit and adding the League Cup, I thought it was great. You know, I thought it's a great step forward. If they can add the FA Cup, brilliant. And and it's just little things though, isn't it? But all right, if they do all four at once, that's brilliant. But like Gorsey said, there shouldn't be any pressure because if they win, if they just win the FA Cup from here on out, it's still a good season. We can all enjoy it. And we'll have our days out that we can all love and enjoy. If they win the FA Cup and the league from here, and that's a great domestic treble. I don't think Liverpool have ever done that in their history. If they win the Champions League on top of it or they win any, any combination, if they just win the Champions League, I mean, God, most teams would give their right arm to win the Champions League, wouldn't they? One that I can comes to mind, Guy. But, you know, I, I think anything they win from here on out, we should just enjoy. And there's no, like Gorsi said, it's, it's a really good point. There's no pressure on Liverpool to win a quadruple. Um, it's incredible that they're in this position. But whenever they win from here on out, it constitutes brilliant success this season.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, no I know. Sorry. I was just, just going to mention the comment we got there. Is, what we're seeing Liverpool doing is unreal, but let's enjoy it. We're on course of making history game by game and see where it takes us. Joel Wood, quickly, before the guys jump in, note Liverpool didn't get a 4-2 win at Stamford Bridge, did they? Anyway, that's over. over to you guys.
3: <laughs> there was actually pe- there was actually people in the ground when Liverpool played. Yeah, yeah come on, let's get this right. Come on, it was, it was a baying atmosphere, at Stanford Bridge, not on the empty seats with the Arsenal fans wondering where everybody was.
2: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
3: I just want to add, by the way, to what Joe said. I didn't say this. Somebody else said it recently, and I can't remember who it was, so apologies. But one of the things that Liverpool have allowed Jurgen Klopp to do is get it wrong, to fail. And I think this is something that some of the other clubs we mentioned, such as, to a lesser degree, Arsenal, certainly more so Manchester United, is, uh, you know, in his first season, lost a League Cup final, lost a Europa League final, didn't get into the Champions League. A lot of clubs would have gone, that, can't be doing with that. First time they got into a Champions League final, lost it. First time they got to a Premier League, yeah, challenge for the Premier League, didn't win that either. So, there was quite a lot that they got wrong until they started getting it right. And I think that that's what some teams have to go through. And Liverpool have done that, which takes me back to my point that I was saying before about they know they can win it. And that's why there is not that quite that pressure because let's say Liverpool hadn't won the league two years ago. Now it'd be like, oh, it's, it's just they haven't won it for 32 years. It's like no one no one mentions that anymore. Nobody mentions it. Nobody at all. The, no, the only thing is that I think the only pressure they've got is if by wanting to win it, as Joe said, partly because this team deserves to win a few more trophies. But secondly, if they win the lead, they can celebrate it in front of actual human beings who you yeah. know, who were there rather than just the press.
2: I think um going back to George point there about you know adding a few more trophies to this kind of legacy that Liverpool have already got on the year in Klopp, <clears throat> you know, if Klopp was to walk away tomorrow before the derby, they'd probably find space for a statue somewhere of him. So the fact that his legacy and his kind of the entire Klopp era it could yet still be to, to be defined in these next six weeks, it just tells you all about just how special a season it could be. You know, Liverpool are on the cusp of something that has never happened before. Um, certainly Liverpool have never been this close to, to getting there all four trophies. the furthest I think an English team has gone in and that it was Chelsea in 2007, and that was May the first. So Liverpool are going to go past that because the semi-final with Villarreal is on the 3rd of May. And, you know, without being... Without dismissing Villarreal, I think neutrals and supporters are expecting Liverpool to to get into the Champions League final as well, aren't they? So these next few weeks, as we say, no pressure and and it could be an era-defining period. So um, just enjoy it, I guess, I suppose, is is the message to, to supporters.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm. I'm so glad we've done half an hour on a football podcast speaking purely about the football. But Gorsty, I feel obliged, given the interview that, that has come out today with Mohamed Salah, to ask you about the contract situation. We thought we we got away with it, but we maybe haven't quite. What's what is the latest with the Egyptian king?
2: Yeah, well, he's given, a, he's given an given interviews for four four two, hasn't he? Uh, I think the actual magazine is on the shelves, probably the top shelf daily on um the th- on Thursday. He just kind of says what we already know, you know, kind of hints that he'd like to stay and nothing's been sorted. And as, as he says, it's not all about the money or, or something to that effect. But to be honest, I think Liverpool now are, are, are in a situation where everyone's just focused on what they can achieve on the pitch. Um, no real thought has been given to anything else beyond that. And it, it's kind of tallied with something Jen yeah, Klopp said the other week. I think. Possibly, I asked him a question about Joe Gomez and, and he, he basically said that everyone's all all hands on deck. No one's thinking about the summer. And perhaps if people have got one or two issues with regards to not playing or whether they want to maybe move on, you know, that might happen in the summer. But at the moment, everyone's just thinking about what could possibly be achieved. And, uh, you know, that kind of ties in with what, what Salah seems to have sold 4 So at the moment, you know, we wouldn't be anticipating any kind of contract news one way or another and um, maybe something in the summer months we just get a nice little um, piece of news that it has been signed and sealed but certainly not between now and the end of the season.
1: Uh, OK, let's move on, though, quickly, and we are fast running out of time. But Doyle, I want to ask you about the derby, given that is the game Sunday and so often such a, a huge game and having spent time, of course, covering the blue side of Merseyside as well as the red half. I remember, what was it after their defeat at Burnley? You put a great long thread on, on Twitter mm. of just how important, actually, them being involved in a relegation battle, how seriously it should be being taken. You, you mentioned it before. I mean, there is a prospect that this could be the last league derby for quite some time if they were to get relegated
3: Um yes but they aren't so that's that no I don't <laughs> think Everton will go down Um And you are right though they are it's getting a bit close isn't it getting a little bit close there you know they could be in the bottom three if, if Burnley get a positive even just a draw against Wolves that's what I think I'm right in saying just a few hours before there's a game before isn't it that's two o'clock and the Derby's at half four at least I hope it is uh, that's what I'm planning for, anyway. Um, <laughs> it is our four, is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah he's good. I'm so, yeah.
1: looking around. Hey, guys. But, but the,
3: the thing about that is, with Everton, they've still got a fair few games to go. I'd be a lot more concerned if it was about two or three games to go. And, yeah, the pressure is more on Everton than Liverpool in this game. But conversely, or perversely, nobody's expecting, even Evertonians aren't expecting to get anything from this game, whereas the pre- everyone just assumes Liverpool are going to win. And I know there's there's one group of players who don't assume Liverpool are going to win, and fortunately enough, they're the Liverpool players because they'll know quite well what to expect from this game. And you know, we'll maybe well address it. Klopp said before, uh, said um, said earlier today, looking at the game, he did make one or two mentions to you know play, he likes it aggressive and all that kind of stuff, but you know, not over the top like it used to be in the old days. And I'd assume one of the old days was a day in October 2020 when you know a couple of his players got. Knocked out the team for about three. Well, one for three months. The other one for the rest of the season. So I think he's just a little bit wary of that because, it has happened before, with the uh, Ariga, wasn't it? With the uh, Ramiro Funes Mori. Yeah. He got caught. So I mean, Klopp, he, he was desperately trying not to make a big deal of it. But I think the fact that he even mentioned it in the first place was just a little bit of a reminder that he knows what's happened in his game in the past. Although to be fair, it didn't happen in the last two games. It didn't happen in the last two games. Everton won fair and square. And Anfield back in last February when there was nobody there. And then Liverpool won 4-1 at Goodison. And there wasn't really much ado but anything, was there, really? So I do think uh, yeah, the pressure is on Everton. Will they go down? There's a possibility. But I'd be very surprised if they did. Because, to be honest, the other three teams below them are even worse. And probably Leeds as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, the saying is he who laughs last longest show. Obviously, when Liverpool didn't win the title three years back, it was... Oh, look! The draw. At Goodison was the one that cost Liverpool. I mean, at the end of the day, Liverpool could, could win this, consign Everton on their way to, to to going down and win the league. I mean, that wouldn't. That for the red half, that'd be brilliant. For the for the blue half, not so much. But Jurgen Klopp was asked about it, wasn't he, in the press conference of if he would miss it if if Everton were to get relegated. And and truly, really, Reds don't want to see the Blues go down, do they?
0: No, I mean, look, uh, everyone wants the side derby, don't they? It's 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 one of the highlights of the season, you know. I don't know about about yourself, but when whenever the fixture list comes out, you're always up for the United Games, you're always up for the Everton Games. And then nowadays you look for the City games too. So those are the ones that, that sort of always stick in the mind. Um no, um is the answer. I, I don't want Everton to go down. Um, you know, I think even fans, you know, they, they might be enjoying it in a certain sense, but I don't think you want to see them go down. It's not good for the city. It's it just, you know, it's just not a really good situation. So no, but, but look, I mean, what Doyle said is right. You know, I think um, you know Liverpool players will be treating this in the right way. I think if Liverpool just go out there and play um, and, and almost just forget it's a derby, just treat Everton like any sort of struggling team, they'll go and win this quite easily. Uh, don't get sucked into the derby. And to be fair, they don't often do that, do they, Liverpool players? And, you know, I think they didn't do that against United. They didn't get sucked into it being a, a big game. They just treated United like any mid-table team. And swatted them aside. So, yeah, and, and I also don't think Everton will go down. You know, just I think they will struggle. I think it will be ugly. But if you look at the table and you you look at the games remaining, I, I just think Goodison Park gives them a slight advantage over Burnley. I think, although on paper have the uh, the easier games, I just don't see picking up as many points there. So, um so yeah, I think it will be um, quite hairy for Everton. But I think they've just survived by the skin of their teeth.
1: Final got to mention, Ghosty is the man who's going to be on the touchline leading Everton. Last time, I think I'm right in saying, Frank Lampard took a side to, to Anfield. He was involved in some unpleasantries with, with Jurgen Klopp and told to, to get back in his seat, as it were. Um, be interesting to keep an eye on those two.
2: Yeah, it will, won't it? Um, you know, Liverpool fans got no, no love lost for Frank Lampard, the former Chelsea legend at a time when the, there was real animosity between those two clubs. There was always that eternal interminable Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard debate, wasn't there? And then he went and managed Everton. So, yeah, Liverpool fans will probably give him a special mention on on Saturday, uh, Sunday, but I just, I agree with, I think Joe said it there, just treating Everton like a team who are coming to Anfield in 17th. You know, Saturday is five years to the day since Liverpool were last beaten at home in the Premier League in front of a full crowd. That was that Crystal Palace game, if you remember all that way. Um, Everton had the second-worst away record in England before they played Tottenham, uh, kept off the bottom only by Peterborough, so that's 92 teams and Everton are 91st in that list. And since then, they've lost five in at Tottenham. They've been beaten by West Ham and they've been beaten by Burnley as well. So um, they might very well be bottom of that list now. I haven't kept up with Peterborough's away results, if I'm honest. So all things are pointing towards a, a comfortable...
1: Clip shot. I know, I know. We're we to on Good Friday, Peter. Well, the, there
2: you go, guys. See, you, you're, the, you're the man of the knowledge, especially the Football League. So, you know, all that combined is just another kind of thing, as, as I was saying at the top of the pod about this feeling, that it's just very obviously pointing towards a Liverpool win, which might make a few a little bit unsettled. But if Liverpool turn up, then they are going to win this major derby on Sunday, I'm sure.
1: Right, let's move on to our team predictor then. Ahead of the 240th Merseyside derby, Alison Becker to be between the sticks for the Reds. Doily, who's going to be the back four?
3: Um, mm, I think it'll be the same back four that played against uh, Man United.
1: OK. Joe, are you going along with that? Or are you going to start changing things up?
0: Sneaky feeling for Kanate. Canate. Uh, but then I think at the moment they're both playing so well, aren't they? Cana and Matted that, whichever one you put in, you're quite happy with. So um, you know, I like them both. I, yeah, I've just got a sneaky feeling they might in there. And course, heads or tails,
1: which one are
0: you, are you going
2: for? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're going like for like, there's not much between the two players, you know, comparatively, but. They've put to you a lot less when when Matip plays alongside Van Dijk because you seem to have that bit more of an understanding of the high line and how it works. So, I'm going to go with Matip, even though I'm a little bit wary of him playing three games in a week because I think he'll play against Villarreal as well. But, yeah, um, Matip just because of, of that run with Van Dijk.
1: OK, Joe, what about the midfield?
0: Well, Thiago will play, Fabinho will play. Do you know what? I would go with Keita. Um I've got a feeling he might do something mad, like just put Milner in, um, just just because he might. But, but, but yeah, I would go with Keita. OK, Dolly, what about you and me too? I
3: don't think Thiago will play. I think it'll rest him. Um, I think it'll be Fabinho, Henderson and Cater. Although, like Joe, I do have the suspicion he might do something a little bit. Different, which could, could be Curtis Jones playing.
1: Okay, yeah. Gorsley, what about yourself?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one, this. Um, I'd like to see Henderson... Sorry, I'd like to see Cater Fabinho and, and Thiago get a goal, but I think he likes Henderson in these types of games. Henderson was sensational against Everton in December. Um, but then you, you can make a case for him doing something a bit left field. Like Is there any in chance in the rest
1: game? both Fabinho and Thiago for the Champions League game, or...?
2: I think I think you I think we might see Thiago drop out. Um, I think it could be Henderson and Cater, and, and I don't think he, he, he'll rock the boat with Fabinho.
1: Okay, yeah, no problem. Okay, who's up to? Oh, Dolly, what are you gesturing away at? All <laughs> oh, right, you just you start going like this.
3: It's <laughs> yeah, okay. Italian you're uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, 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 it's fine. Uh, I'll do like... some more gestures if you want. You know, I could I'll be here all day. No, same Frank Lampard. Uh, Gorsley, what about the...
2: <laughs> <Well, yeah>. uh... <laughs> i that kicked up the press box. <laughs> <laughs> Gorsley, what about the forward line? Well, for me, I was probably not going to play, as he, he said today. That foot injury is ongoing. I think, I think he might start Jota. Drop off Diaz.
1: Okay. Doyley, what about yourself? I agree with that.
3: And I also think that Diaz will come on and just run Everton a bit silly in the second half.
1: The man who, of course, was an Everton transfer target in the summer. But uh, yeah, Joe, what about yourself?
0: Yeah, I agree. I think he will play Jota until Diaz. But I, I would just play Diaz again because I, I just I love watching him. I just think he's been one of the... I mean, to be honest, you can say this almost about every signing they've made in the last few years. But just one of the best signings they've made in terms of an impact. Uh, love watching him play. I think he's just great you know, all-round player. love his work, Ray, the way he gets back and, and helps out in defence. But And that front three just seems to really click, doesn't it? Um, him, Salah and, and Mane. So, um, you know, I'd kind of like to see them just go again. Um, but I think if the game's coming up, you, you'll want to manage it and rotate. So I think you'll bring Jotter in.
1: OK, and what about the scoreline then, Joe? Start with you.
0: I don't like doing this, but I, but I do think if Liverpool just... To prompt it the way they should. I think they will win comfortably. So I, I would say 4 one perhaps.
1: 4-1, Doily.
2: 3-1, Go Sleep. Yeah, I've seen a fair bit of Everton this season. To be honest, and the they're awful, particularly away from home. So I can't look past another convincing Liverpool winner. Thanks, so I'll go 4-0. Okay, wow. that's 4-0. <laughs> if that does
1: play out, twenty in the build-up. To come on the Blood Red channel on YouTube, we've been down to Anton to speak with the fans about the hopes of the quadruple. a special podcast as well with Five bud, John Murray, who will be behind the mic. Our guys, Paul Eaton, of course, will be in the press box, bringing you all of the coverage across on the Liverpool Expo blog and plenty more besides. And on Monday, of course, we will be back to look back on the 240th Merseyside Derby. But from myself, Guy Clark, Paul Gorst, Ian Doyle and Joe Rimmer, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now.